Just a quick disclaimer before we start this episode of Rootbound. This episode is a bit different. It's a bit weird. Normally on Rootbound, we have lots of fun facts and dazzling details about plants, but I don't think there is a single fact in this episode, so be warned. And with that, now let us transport to an alternative reality where Rootbound is not a podcast in the early 2020s but a late-night paranormal AM talk radio show, circa 1998. You are listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. River watershed in the mid-Atlantic region of the Great East Coast, I bid you good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, whatever the case may be. From the fan palms out west in California, all the way down to the southern beach trees of New Zealand, worldwide, on the internet, this is Root to Root AM. I'm Steve Ellington. This show is where the enigmatic and the botanical intertwine in the silent hours of the night. As the world sleeps, we germinate ideas that exist beyond the realm of the conventional, reaching into the soil of mystery and the uncharted terrains of the vegetal world. And you're in for a treat this evening. We have David Alani on the show, and uh, what he's going to share with us tonight is, well, it's something. Uh, but I'll leave that to him. But first, open lines. As we traverse through the enigmatic corridors of the unknown, tonight on Route to Route AM, we pause for a moment to acknowledge the silent yet powerful entity that nurtures life and mystery on this blue planet, our sun. That's right, dear listeners, tonight's enlightening journey is brought to you by none other than the celestial sphere of incandescent magnificence bathing our world and the enigmatic life it harbors in its ethereal glow, converting hydrogen into helium and radiant energy for a staggering 4.6 billion years. In this cosmic dance of atoms and energy, the sun doesn't just illuminate our days, it breathes life into the eerie quietude of the night, casting silhouettes of mystery that dance and flicker in the gardens of the unknown. Every leaf, every blossoming flower, every enigmatic entity rooted in the soil of Mother Earth owes its existence to the silent guardian of the cosmos. So, as we embark on tonight's journey from the deepest roots to the tallest canopies where enigmas blossom, let us bask in the golden embrace of the sun, the silent witness to every mystery, every secret that flutters in the wind, and every tale that is root to root a.m.
Steve is taking calls. East of the Rockies, dial 5550100. West of the Rockies, 5550101. Wild card line, 5550102. These are all fake numbers. Don't actually try to call. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, turn your turn your radio down. Is this thing on? Hello. Yes. Yes. We hear you. Turn your radio down. Very good. Thank you very much. Who Who are I speaking to this evening? Uh, this is This is Ryan with an R. If you call me Brian, I'll be very upset. It's okay. It's Ryan. Okay, Ryan. That's very good. What What do you want to tell us about this evening? I I, I was. I was, I was, I'm still, I was walking my dog and there was a plant. There was a plant. A and, plant. And yes, there was a plant and it was big and, and I, there was, there was something coming off of him. I couldn't quite tell what it was. It was, there was smoke coming right off the plant. And I, I'm still trying to figure this out, Steve. So tell me a little bit more. What, what kind of plant was it? Uh, I, I mean, there's lots of plants. So when you say there's a plant... I, I believe you, but what was what was so special I, about this plant that you felt like you needed to call the show this evening? I, well, for first thing is I had, I had one of those apps, you know, the ones where you can identify the plants. Yes, you know? yes. And I, I tried to use the app and I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, what the? I didn't know what it was. I figured I'd call you. You would know. A, a mystery plant. Yes. I still can't figure it out, Steve. And, and you and said I'm there terrified. was you, you said there was smoke. Right off the top, yeah, yeah, with all kinds of colors. Was it was it on was it on fire by chance? It's it's possible, but why couldn't the app identify it, Steve? I thought the apps knew everything. Well, that's what we'll we all know on this podcast is that uh, no app knows everything, and uh, maybe it was just a tree that was on fire, or maybe it was some. Maybe kind. it was planted there to freak me out. <laughs> yes, indeed. Maybe maybe it was. Uh, Maybe it was a, a, a secret government plant. Um, or maybe there's just some mysterious plants out there that we might never know the identity of. Thank you very much, caller. Callers, please remember, before you get on the phone, to turn your radio down. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Uh, hi, first-time caller, long-time listener. Um, hello, yes. Who am I speaking to today? Uh, this is Anon. Anonymous, I, I understand that, the need to be anonymous. What would you like to share with us this evening? Uh, I was staying at Circus Circus. I was there on business. And you know the game where the you shoot a squirt gun and the horses go and you try to win a race? Uh, absolutely one of my favorites. So when I was shooting the squirt gun and I noticed some plants growing around the target, which I thought was weird. And I won. Wow. Congratulations. I, it's a very hard thing to do. I didn't think you can win those, but I won. And they gave me a vase. Vase? Vase? I don't Yes. Yes, a vase. Vase? They gave me a vase. Yes. And, and, and anyway, let's talk, tell me more about the plants. Well, so 
I put this vase in my room because I didn't really, I just noticed there are plants, but I, I won. So then I yes. went home. They gave me a, they gave me a vase. Okay, and you have the vase, and you won, and you have these plants. Now, what, what, uh, what made you want to tell us about that on the radio show this evening? It was an an empty vase. They gave me a vase, and I, I put it in my hotel room at Circus Circus, where I was on business, and and I woke up in the morning, and there and there are flowers in it. Mm, mysterious flowers. They were weird. How how they do you had, mean um, weird? Um, well, the leaves were like they look like wings, like a like dragon wings, like little. They were leaves, green leaves, but they look like dragon wings, and and they were they were thinking. I could tell they were thinking, and that they were too hot. So I went to the ice machine. So I, I thought I'd put some ice in the water because they were too hot. And and I was trying to find the ice machine. And I was just walking down the hallway. And I feel like I walked for like about two days. Those ice machines and, difficult to find. And yes. And I, I ended up in the main area of the hotel, which is like a glass domed but it was full of plants instead of circus circus things wow fascinating and i thought maybe it was like another convention or something but there were there were three domed like three domed greenhouse things within one big greenhouse and one had like it looked like clover but they were little wings and some of them were like butterfly like small and round and some of them were a little bigger and they look like dragon wings okay, okay Carla, th- this is one. very mysterious but can we skip ahead to the end what 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 happened here to you with these plants well the other one they were walking around walking around walking around that's not something usually yes. plants and do. they were and all the dirt all the dirt was like it was dark the dirt was like darkness and then like carbon nanotube. And I got to touch the dirt and it smelled like lettuce juice. Lettuce juice and sesame seeds. Okay, caller. And roll-ups. We we appreciate the detail, but uh, we'll have to get to a break soon. So um, how did this end? How did you get home? Um, And what is your theory on what happened? Wrap it up for us. So I held the dirt and then I put the dirt down and it stained my hand, and then the stain disappeared, and then it came back, and then. Caller, please, we, we need to move on. Coming back. We we need to move on. I want to hear the end of the story. Oh, it's very okay. important, but we need to we need to okay. move on. How okay, did so how did this all come to an, a close? This this adventure of plants in the famous Las Vegas Hotel Circus Circus, where I was on business. Yes, there business. was a loud sound that said, "It was like hoarding." Warning, you're not supposed to be here. This, the premises are being recorded. And I asked this lady, a lady came and I asked her um, where I was and she wouldn't tell me. And then I asked her what a smell was and she said it was just Air Force. 
And then she said she wasn't supposed to tell me that. I'm pretty sure that was Area 51. Area 51. The f- and that the was fi- the alien greenhouse. An alien greenhouse in Area 51. Yes, I walked for two days. I thought I've heard everything on the show, but uh, an alien greenhouse in Area 51, that is a new one. <laughs> Thank you, caller. guest tonight on Root to Root uh, is someone you might know from uh, doing fake advertisements. He's a guy who does voices on a lot of fake ads. You might have heard him, but most people don't know that he's also a PhD in cryptobotany, crypto horticulture, crypto plantology, and crypto plantonomy. And he has a new book coming out, which I believe is entitled Hard Knock Life, the true story behind Knocking on Wood. And here he is, David Lanny. Welcome to Root to Root AM. Oh, it's great to be here on Root to Root AM, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. And let's just get right started. This book, Mm. Hard Knock Life, the true story behind knocking on wood. What can you tell us about that? Well, uh, you know, it's something that I've been passionate about for a long time. As you know, uh, all my various degrees that I have um, from, you know, the, uh, you know, from from the past, all the various degrees in in crypto botany, crypto uh, whatever other things that I have the degrees in at this point. What were they again, Steve? Cri- they again? Crypto plant, uh, my, my note here says crypto plantology, crypto horticulture, and uh, crypto plantonomy. Yep, crypto plantonomy is really more so what this falls into, I would say. Um, and and I have so many accolades, I guess I, 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 guess I couldn't bother remembering them. Uh, but, you know, I was always fascinated by the concept of knocking on wood. Of you know why what what part of that makes us human? I really felt like it's it's a truly human act to knock on. Yes, wood. indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, see, you're doing it right now, indeed. and see, I've always felt too that, uh, and and I get into this in my book. I've always felt that knocking on wood, it, it's almost a sign of someone who is a human. Like 
you know, if, if they don't knock on wood, are they truly human? Interesting. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, expand so, on that. Well, you know, some beings, be they from other planets, other planes of reality or, you know, whatever, you know, they, they may, they don't have that in their DNA or otherwise genetic makeup in case, in case they don't have DNA, you know, for, for some beings, I suppose. Interesting. So, so, uh, are you, you're saying that humans yes. are the ones that knock on wood, but what about like squirrels or something? Well, you know, I don't know about uh, animals themselves, I think, might have their own code of being, you know, as far as interacting with wood, you know. But I also think that animals may not be as concerned about the spirit world or other planes as we are. They can kind of travel in between it more so than humans can. You know? well, let's get into that. So I, yes. I understand from, from your book that there is a spiritual aspect to knocking on wood. And when we, when we knock on wood, we knock on wood um, for luck, I guess, is yes. how I understand it. But what, wh- wh- why do we wrap our knuckles upon the remnants of a dead tree? Well, uh, and, and it can be a live tree, I suppose, too. I, you know, true, true. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but. yeah, can be, you know, can be. It, it, it is up to the, the individual person. And, you know, what really what it is, is it's, you know, wood is a place where a lot of, you know, it's where life happens. There's a lot living in wood. And so, you know, a lot of the time that's where either uh, spirits or other planar beings, you know, oftentimes wood can be a, a transport from one world to another. Or termites, you know, termites. Yes. Now, now that that's something I'm actually quite quite interested in. Actually, is is the aspect of termites. Now, um, truly, like knocking on wood, uh, not only does it uh, get rid of, as I said, uh, spirits or um, uh, demons, as it were, you know, to use a colloquial term to explain beings from other planes, but but it can get rid of termites. Actually, did you know, Steve, that knocking on wood? Yeah, it's all you have to do to get rid of a termite. You just have, you just have really? to knock on it a little bit. Oh yeah. How, how, oh, yeah. Well, is it, so this is a this is just, just a, not an astounding claim that you're making uh, oh, yeah. tonight on Root to Root, uh, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I you know have had termites in the past, and I spent yes. thousands of dollars on exterminators to get rid of, rid of these termites. And you're saying I could have just wrapped upon the wood. Now, is there, is there a speed to it? Is there a pressure? How? What kind of knocking on wood can rid your home of? Of termites, Stan- I suppose a standard two-four, like a marching rhythm, would probably be. Um, that's really the way to get them out of there, you know. Just and put just on keep some... doing it until they're gone. Absolutely, and actually, the the whole idea where you know when they tent your house mm-hmm, and yes. they go in there and they spray all the chem, they're not spraying anything. That's just they're they're just charging you. That's just that's just vapor. That's just water. You know, they're just they're just doing something for show. Uh, it's it's really just it's kind of a grift, really, from a big termite. You know, they, they want you to believe that, you know. So, so when, when that happened and I, I went to the house one night and I heard a slow knocking, do you think that was a, the, an employee secretly knocking on the wood until the ner- termites were gone? Oh, yeah. He might have not caught one or two. He just, he just is inside your walls and probably just knocking on some of the wood there. But, uh, but oh, yeah, absolutely. I can save this whole country thousands of dollars uh, per person. You imagine that's just millions upon billions of dollars, which is, you know, why my book was actually partially blocked by Big Termite. And the uh, uh, and the pest control industry in general, you know, it's uh, very very interesting, very and, interesting. And big termite is actually he's he's actually he's actually a fairly big termite. I just thought I'd mention that. Moving on from the topic, <laughs> moving on, of termites, moving on, yes, moving yes, on from the yes, topic yes. of termites. Let's, big, let's, yeah. let's get into a little bit of the history of knocking on wood. When did that start? 
Why did humans begin knocking on wood? Well, it started as soon as human beings came into existence, almost. You know, you have the, the first cavemen, um, you know, while, while burning wood, had an, had an urge to knock on it before they put it in there to make sure there was nothing in, nothing in there. Because the last thing you'd want to do is burn a piece of wood that would have a wish-granting fairy in it or something like that, you know, which is which, which they, they live in wood. They exist in wood, these magical beings, you know? So what you're saying right there was very interesting. You're saying that magical beings live in wood, and by knocking on the wood, you might scare them out so they may not be accidentally perhaps burned in the fire of a Neanderthal. Correct. Um, you know, because the Neanderthals realized early on, as, as human beings have existed, you know, as human beings have known for quite a while that... These magical beings may be able to grant you wishes, may be able to pr protect you in case that, you know, that they, they realize early on, like, ah, I, I, I really hope that saber-toothed tiger doesn't eat me, you know, and, uh, or, or that Tyrannosaurus Rex doesn't get me. And, uh, you know, the, the Neanderthals thought that. I, I you know? see. And, yes. I, I see. Now, now, what kind of magical beings are we talking here? Oh, we're talking fairies, uh, you know, of course. Uh, we're talking genies. Genies, actually, uh, um, you know, that before they moved into lamps, they, they originally existed in wood. And, uh, you know, or if you're underwater, I suppose mermaids, undines, whatever whatever you would call it, um, all, all sorts of, of magical beings. What about gnomes you know? or elves? Uh, gnomes mostly live in the earth. However, elves, yes, uh, depending on the type of elf, but, but yes, yeah. Interesting. And now why... Why, uh, why wood? Why do they choose the, uh, the body of trees, so to speak, to make their home? Well, trees, more or less, are the, the building block of life and existence. I mean, really, we, we all know that um, we are just a, a branch of the great tree, really. You know, as, as we view a spherical earth, that is, is just sort of a, how our minds perceive it. But really, it's, we're part of a great tree, a great tree of life. So trees and wood really in and of itself is, you know, it's, it's, it's literally the cornerstone of, of all existence, really, because we're all existing within this giant tree, as it were. Th so that makes uh, a I, lot I believe of they, 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 they gravitate towards a, a smaller version of, of what, they, what they recognize as an internal truth, as, as it were. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, um, I, I, I would like to give you the opportunity to, to bring up anything from your book that, uh, that I haven't brought up. I have a, maybe a few more questions, but I, I want to mm. make sure I don't miss mm. anything important that you want to tell us and well, the audience tonight. Well, I, I think, um, you know, as far as, you know, I think as, as far as, as far as knocking on wood, um, it's also, you know, the, the primary source of the primary cause of course is to call a magical being, you know, uh, summon a magical being that, that could grant you a wish or as, Sometimes it ends up in kind of an ironic catastrophe, such as in the classic documentary, The Monkey's Paw, which we've all read. You know, you, you can end up having the wish granted to you in sort of an awful way, you know, um, that that is a... Always a, a risk. Always a risk. More Humans, common than you'd think. A lot more common than, you know, you just think, hey, I, I wish I had a hamburger right now. And then, you know, all and then, yeah, a magical being grants you a hamburger. Then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, your cousin's dead. What's in the hamburger? Yes, I do understand that kind of wish gone wrong is very common in this kind of things. I once heard a very unfortunate story about a man who just wanted to learn how to play piano. Mm. Knocking on wood also can get rid of demons or extra planar beings, however you want to refer to them. You know, basically malevolent forces from beyond. And they're hiding inside the wood. They are. That's how they transport into our plane, which is actually why... Most of our houses are built of wood. It actually was kind of like an early, um, you know, sort of an early trick that that demon kind, uh, for lack of a better word, we'll say demons. Yeah, yeah. It could sure. be there. Yeah, 
malevolent forces. But yes, the audience cool. understands the complexity yeah. of the uh, malevolent forces out there. Correct, correct. So that's a, it was an early influence on mankind. So it's like, hey, instead of building your house out of, say, a brick, something that can withstand the power of a demon, let's say, were they to breathe on the house to try to blow the house down or something like that, you know, the, the brick is the best at withstanding it. But, you know, they, they kind of tricked humanity into saying, like, you know, use wood. Yeah, use wood. But that's their way of trying to sneak into our houses to... Uh, cause chaos and so discord among us. So you're, so you're saying that if your house is somewhat chaotic, you might, it might be home to a, a demon and not some kind of fairy or elf or uh, misplaced gnome. Yes, yes. I, I think that uh, a misplaced gnome can't, okay, a misplaced gnome can cause some issues, but really they're just trying to get out of there. They they don't want to be there. That's, you know, they're, they're not trying to hurt anything. They just, you know, you can work with the gnome. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're reasonable folk, uh, the gnomes. Um, I, in my experience, that they're reasonable, fairly, you know. Very, very good. Now, are, are there any uh, interesting historical episodes that have to do with uh, knocking on wood? I know that your book has several examples of, 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 of when historical figures happen to knock on wood, and, and to what effect? I mean, there, there, are some, there are some great examples. Leonardo da Vinci knocked on wood all the time. Um, ah. You know, he tried, tried to come up with new concepts, new inventions. Uh, Mark Twain knocked on wood before he uh, uh, wrote... Um, uh, Huckman, Tom Sawyer, you know, especially his, his, his most classic uh, pieces of literature. However, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand also knocked on wood and uh, kind of a monkey's paw situation. That one, he was, he was, you know, actually just hoping for a nice carriage ride and uh, knocked on wood for that. And well, you know, it's, we all know how that went. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, and I wanted to mention that in some cultures, they actually, um, although it is ingrained in us as humans, to knock on wood. Uh, some cultures actually have a concept of touching iron or touching metal. Interesting. Now, what? Yes. Now, what is the connection there? Well, um, actually, that comes also. Well, really, that does come from. You know, back back in history, uh, actually, the, the the whole the whole idea of metal actually comes from interstellar robots that landed on Earth, ah, and so yes. you know, so they and when the robots first arrived on Earth, they they sacrificed themselves, as, sort of as like a, a gift to the humans to humanity. And so, um, you know, so now those cultures where they landed, where, where blacksmithing actually came from, you can you can look it up. You don't have to believe me. Um, you know, that's uh, any country where the, those interstellar robots landed. They they gave us metal. And that's actually where where a lot of uh, metalworking and blacksmithing comes from is, is those specific countries. It's an interesting little map you can find. But they feel those those cultures feel that touching iron is in honor of those robots, those interstellar alien robots that gave their lives for the good of humanity. And I would imagine that there's no fairies or, or uh, gnomes that live inside iron. No, no, not inside metal. Actually, metal is it's it in itself not not a particularly um, a supernatural uh, type of element. In fact, if anything, it helps it helps keep away supernatural elements. So I would actually advise that uh, on top of brick, I would say build your house out of metal. I think that that's uh, if you want to keep spirits away, that is, I think, building your house out of metal. And then again, in honor of those uh, robots that did give their lives so that we all could have metal. Well, you've uh, given us a lot to think about, about knocking on wood uh, this evening. Um, and I just wanted to now transition to uh, a, a new area of study for you that you've been telling me about. And I know that's uh, the first time you're going to be talking about this in a public setting. So thank you for uh, giving that exclusive to oh. uh, Root to Root AM. Um, but yes, that topic is the topic of crop circles. And so let's talk about it. Why do those aliens love corn so much? Oh, oh! I'd love to talk about that. Actually, I'm also working on another book about uh, knocking on wood called Kicking Wood. Uh, but we can, 
that's a whole other okay. topic. We can we can we can well, cover one that'll be days. for another night. For another yeah, night. okay, yeah, yeah. So, but um, but yeah, uh, uh, crop circles. Um, you know, uh, the you know one of the easiest answers of crop circles is, of course, it's the aliens. I mean, that's the uh, that's the accepted idea, and they do love their corn. They love their grains. Any kind of grain, especially in the UK, it seems, uh, they just they just love it. One note for the listeners, uh, I think most people don't realize that the word corn is actually an old English term for any grain. So when we're talking about corn uh, in the colloquial American English sense, we're talking about uh, Zia maize, the, uh, the native uh, grain to uh, Mexico. But when we say the corn in an old English context, that means any grain, including barley or wheat or uh, sorghum, if you will. I mean, the aliens, it's just such a, a funny thing that they do to come down and not only to, um, it's almost like they don't want to gather it. It's more like they want to just flatten it out. Yeah. Sort of like, it's like, it's like creating art within the grain. And right? is there maybe some kind of message there is that I think you're studying uh, perhaps the symbology related to these messages from uh, these alien beings and their uh, imprints in our <laughs> crops? You know, individually, they all have their own small messages that you can see. However, what I found is if you sort of combine all of them uh, chronologically in terms of as far as, as as far as you can, like in order of when they appeared, and then you flip it upside down and you translate it to the language, the common language of the Alpha Centauri uh, galaxy, um, it actually has the lyrics to the uh, uh, hit song Knock on Wood. Wow. Figure that out. Yeah. So now that's a very interesting statement because uh, you said that it is human to knock on wood, but yet yes. here we have aliens who are transmitting this message to us about knocking on wood. Well, that's that's one of those interesting things that so far people can't figure out exactly what the coincidence is uh, between that. But but I truly believe it's um, an expression of these other beings for us to be human. For us to knock on wood, for us to understand that, because they don't have those supernatural forces on their planet, but we do. And in their travels back and forth, they have, you know, truly discovered what it means to be human. It's something that they cannot achieve. However, as we know, human beings are the the greatest uh, type of uh, bipedal being in the galaxy. So, you know, they want to achieve what we have. Sorry if that was a bit of an extreme statement. That's uh, very interesting. You are saying that these aliens who have the ability to transverse the universe uh, think that Mm -hmm. we are actually a a, a superior being. Yeah, they think we're sort of a top tier sort of. of, They're they're really really into what we have going on, you know. Um, And that's why so many of them... um, Walk amongst us. Why so many of them want to want to emulate us? Because there's there's you 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 probably see aliens all over the place, you know. Uh, Yeah, a lot of great artists were aliens, you know. We we have a lot of callers that see a lot of aliens. Well, well, yeah, I'm sure you do, absolutely, because you know that's uh, the aliens want to experience the human life, and and one day we may experience there. We 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 will uh, uh, figure out how to cross that interstellar plane and and end up where they are, and you know maybe. Maybe there'd be a way for us to sort of exchange uh, art in a way like, you know, they, they, they've done the crop circles here. Maybe we can go there and do uh, whatever the equivalent of crops they have there and sort of flatten those out in a design that uh, is something appealing to us. And what, and, and what lyrics of what song do you think would be the best to imprint on the fields of an alien crop? Oh, that is a very, very good question. And um, I think the only answer would be, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. 
Well, I think uh, that is an excellent way to, uh, to end the show. Thank you so much, David Lani, for sharing everything with the audience about knocking on wood and the true reason why aliens uh, love corn so much. Your new book, Hard Knock Life, the true story behind knocking on wood, is available uh, nowhere because it is fake. And uh, get it there, audience. And thank you uh, for joining us on this episode of Root to Root AM. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Great to be here on Root to Root AM, Steve. And uh, look forward to the next time I get to be invited to your show. everybody and uh here at the end of the program i just received a fax from one john doe uh he sent me a very interesting message after listening to david lani's talk and uh, i'm going to read that fax here for you all to hear and uh just consider the contents of the message that this listener mr john doe has to share with us this evening he says hello steve just heard david lani's talk about crop circles and corn interesting but i found something even bigger I've got my hands on a CIA doc that says it straight. Aliens are all about the trees. Here's a snippet. Analysis confirms E.T. exhibits strong interest in Earth's arboreal resources. Trees, unique to the planet Earth, are the primary objective of extraterrestrial observation. And get this, there's an actual message from an alien in the document. Quote, Your green giants hold the echo of the universe. We come in peace, drawn by the song of your forest. So yes, that listener uh, is under the belief, based off of some documentation they've seen, that aliens are really just into trees. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't blame them, do you? And that about wraps up the program for this evening. From the Potomac River Watershed, good night. Thank you for listening to this uh, somewhat strange episode of Rootbound. For those of you who don't know what that was, <laughs> that was my tribute to the to the classic radio show Coast to Coast AM, hosted by Art Bell. And when I was a kid, I used to listen to this radio show late at night, and probably helped develop my my joy of this this format of of, of people talking. And it was a very special show. Lots of. Uh, kooky people calling in talking about paranormal things and uh something that just burned in my brain and ever since i started doing this podcast i wanted to do something coast to coast related and so that's what that was if you don't know what coast to coast is i hope you still enjoyed it and if you did listen to coast to coast with art bell i think you probably really enjoyed it but with that said this is the end of this special strange episode of root bound or root to root am 
I should say. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode, which should be a bit more normal. This special Root to Root AM edition of Rootbound had fake calls from Harmony Ellington and Brian Honick. Our guest today speaking about Knocking on Wood was David Lani, and the music on this episode was uh, borrowed from all the wonderful bumper music played by Art Bell over the years. I'm the host of the show, Steve Ellington. These are a little bit out of the ordinary credits, so we're just going to end it here. Good night. Which they, they live in wood. They exist in wood. These magical beings, you know? Excellent. So that's, that's very interesting. So magical beings live in wood. <laughs> and by knocking on the wood... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs>